With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Inside the birds is back. What's going on, everybody? Mosher and Kaplan here. You know how we do it every week. Inside the Birds brings you the latest on the Eagles. Uh, All right, so here's the situation. It is now, as we record this Wednesday night, I'm in the Northeast. Adam is in Miami, where he's been pretty much since the start of the week. So um, I'm pretty jealous of you right now, Adam, because you're living (laughs) a good life, and I'm here holding it down, doing all this heavy lifting back here, uh, back home. Let me first ask you, um, at this time last week, there were concerns about frozen iguanas falling from the sky or the what? tree. Yeah, you I don't know anything about, about this. No. Oh, last, last week in Florida, the temperatures oh, were in the 40s, and the National really? Weather this is true. The National Weather Service issued a warning for South Florida uh, for people being con- to be concerned about iguanas falling from the trees. No, apparently, I don't know anything about apparently it. Apparently, they get into a state of like, um, oh, like an it's state when, when okay. it's in the 40s wow. and they fall out of the trees. No, uh-uh, uh-uh. So no, I didn't know that. you have not been hit by any falling iguana. No, no. In fact, uh, the only thing that's been disappointing has been the goddamn traffic. Mm. I'm staying 25 miles out, okay, to save money. Actually, no, it's about 23 miles. Mm-hmm. It only took me half an hour to get back tonight. It took me an hour and a half to get into to Miami Beach this morning. I know it ain't your first first time in Miami, Adam. I mean, this is no, it's going. not. But I've been in Miami. No, but I didn't really. I haven't been. I grew up here uh, in the '80s quite a bit. See my grandparents. See my mm-hmm. grand. My grandmother's, believe it or not, Jeff, moved in together after my grandfather's died. It's really cool. My they got along really well. Wow, that's really awesome. And I, yeah, and here's the crazy thing: they lived a mile and a half from the Miami Beach Convention Center. So I'm going to go over there Saturday and take some pictures, send to my mom and my brothers. To show them what Morton Towers looks like, it's on 1500 Bay Road. For those of you who know Miami Beach, so it's pretty cool, man. Yeah, it's it's crazy story. Yeah, it's is that really uh, cool. right next to Boca del Vista? <laughs> no, but I knew that was common. Yeah. <laughs> del Boca, yeah, Del Boca Vista. Yeah, no, and by the way, my mom is in one of those communities in Hunters Run, and uh, I don't know where the hell it is. So that's it's, funny. Well, my mom beach, actually lives in yeah. West Palm Beach, so she's there. A, you go. About an hour there north of you, uh, but I still couldn't make it down. Look, there's a lot going on. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl. We're going to get into our um, the predictions. We'll, we'll break it down a little bit. Uh, there's an Eagles angle to the Super Bowl that, to me, that goes beyond, say, Andy Reid. There are a few interesting Eagles tidbits from the Super Bowl that you and I will get into. But let's first start with kind of where we're at with the coaching staff search. We've talked about it for the last two podcasts. Nothing has been announced. There hasn't been a whole lot of reports. It seems clear to you and I, at least, 
that they're probably going to talk to somebody on the staff. And we know Mike Kafka's out. So that leaves two guys we've talked about in play. One being Mike McDaniel, who is the run game coordinator for the 49ers. The other being Matt LaFleur, who's the passing game coordinator for the 49ers. They should talk to both of them, quite frankly. I agree. Um, it's, yeah, th- why don't they do that? It, it's comical that do people think like that, hey, the Eagles, uh, the, the Eagles should have announced something this week because they should have the coach. No, I, I don't. I don't. I don't have a problem with Eagles waiting. I really don't. As long as, as long as they've done a thorough search, we we talked about on our show two weeks ago. Here's what I know. The reason why Jeffrey Lurie got involved is he wants a more thorough search done. That's a hundred percent true. Talking to people who are involved with this thing, right? It's and I. I don't have a problem with that. And if you've done a thorough search to this point, but you want to talk to the 49er coaches, I'd, I'd bet even money on that one. Mm-hmm. That that's what they want to do, and, and go ahead. But if they don't get those guys, Joe. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear. Remember, you asked me A, B, or C. I would be extremely disappointed if they got a retread. Now, now you and I could debate who a retread is. You, you brought up Marty Morningweg. I wouldn't call Jim Caldwell a retread. I just don't know if he's got the imagination, um, uh, you know, of what's going on in the National Football League now. Pre-snap motion. The Niners, by the way, no one runs more pre-snap motion than the Niners. They're about seventy-five percent. That's crazy. I don't. That's that's what you would want from McDaniel or Mike Lafleur, right? Um, or is that his name? What's my what's it is, is that Mike his first name? It's no, it's Matt Lafleur. Mike Matt Lafleur is and the, Mike. No, no, you're right. It's Mike. Mike LaFleur. McDaniel, Matt, right? Matt Lafleur, his is brother, the passing game coordinator. Mike Mike McDaniel. No, Matt Lafleur is the head coach of the uh, the, the Packers. No, the Packers. No, I thought that was Mike. <laughs> yes, uh, you're, Matt, Matt Lafleur. Is the coach of Matt LaFleur is the head coach of the, of yes. the Packers. Mike LaFleur. So it's two Mikes on the 49ers. Mike okay, LaFleur yeah, yeah. and Mike Thank McDaniels. Yeah, all right. Got it. Now that we can Daniel, no S. Yes. Uh, all right. Mike McDaniel. Sorry. But go ahead. You were saying about Mike. Uh, in terms of – wait, wait. I forgot where we were here. Sorry. Where the were point we? you were making is that both of these guys can be innovative. Uh, both of these Yeah. Guys I mean, the, like with Jim Caldwell. Okay. So you obviously scratched part of this out. Uh, okay, so Jeff, with you know, I talk w- w- with Jim Caldwell. He he's a from what I understand from people who work with him, he's a real good quarterbacks coach. Mm-hmm. He 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 understands the position. He's smart. He's detailed. But what comes with what I call a beautiful mind, it's being innovative and forward thinking. I can't speak to that with Jim Caldwell. Okay, um, and he's not been interviewed that we know of. It's never been reported. Uh, not, not saying that they. Look, some of these names are not going to get out. They're just—they've done a really good job of, of keeping them quiet, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But now with the 49ers guys, obviously, you want to know what they know. You want to bring them in. I remember—I remember Al Davis used to do this. He—he he would, and I'm not saying the Eagles aren't interested in talking to these guys. He would bring in people he had no interest in in, in, in bringing in as a coach. He just wanted to talk to them, so he would put the request in, and he'd bring them in and and see what they see what they know. Yeah, no, I have, I have no issue with due diligence. So let me – I put a video up on our Inside the Birds YouTube page, and it was just my take on the situation. I agree with you that it's not um, any means for panic, and it's a good idea to talk to the guys on the 49ers. They're young. They're known as being innovative. They're working for an innovative head coach in Kyle Shanahan. My trepidation, or what I think is an obstruction, is that both of these guys are essentially – the offensive coordinators for Kyle Shanahan. One's the passing coordinator. The other one's the run game coordinator. Both, as as we've mentioned 
can be passing game coordinators because even though Mike McDaniel is a run game coordinator now, he has passing game experience. The question I would have is, why would either one of them leave the job now to go take an offensive coordinator job in Philadelphia when they essentially are doing the same job because they're not calling plays in Philadelphia either? And I know what you're going to say because I already had talked about it in my YouTube post that there's more money and there's a better title with offensive coordinator. If I'm the 49ers, especially if I win the Super Bowl, I think I can match the money or at least give them enough of a pay raise and then maybe call them both co-offensive coordinators to keep them and give them that nice title. All right. So here's – okay, I've had this discussion with coaches, so this is is really the way it goes down. Offensive coordinators – who don't have any leverage get paid seven fifty to a million dollars. Okay, guys who have leverage get paid one five to two million a year. Okay, the best guys in the National Football League get paid three million. Mm-hmm. Just depends on who the team is and how much leverage they have. With with these other these these two guys are with the Niners. You would be leaving for a title, which all it does is the title equals money. That's all it means, especially right. when you don't call plays. Right. Here's the thing you didn't mention: get to work with Carson Wentz. That is important. Coaches okay. love working with great quarterbacks. It means something. It may not mean money, but it means something. If you are part of a team, by the way, the Eagles going to be back deep in the playoffs next year if they don't have any injuries. Like They'll have some, but if they don't have any devastating ones, mm-hmm. they're going to address this receiver position in a big way. And when they do that, Carson's going to be where – you saw Greg Cosell's video with me here. If everybody Close hasn't seen it yet, it's really good. Yeah, Greg Cassell do. Yeah. Uh, interviewed by Adam down in Miami. We put it on our YouTube page. He had some interesting things to say about Carson Wentz. Go ahead. So Greg is, other than he is the only one I listen to outside who doesn't work for an NFL team when it comes to quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And would Ron Jaworski too. Those are the two that I really learned the game from for watching tape with them for 10 years. Greg is really wrong in quarterbacks. He's not perfect, but he's damn good. He loves Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. He's... He, there's no one more bullish on him. He agrees with me totally. It was about the receiver position. I had nothing to do with Carson. Yeah, mechanics have to be better. But to move this forward here, that's the other part of this. The third point is that you would want to work with Carson once. That does mean something. It actually means a lot. Right. Isn't the number one goal, if you're a person like LaFleur or a person like McDaniel, to get a head coaching job, though? Isn't that like your number one goal because you're one step away from either being that coordinator or a head coach? Yeah, but Jeff, okay, you said it very well. They're both they're they don't have the title of OT. Mm-hmm. They all have a specific responsibility, either the pass game or the run game. But they're right. not calling plays. Right. You take a step up. Why do you take a step up? You take a step up for a real title, and you're taking step for for money, mm-hmm. and you're going to work with Carson Wentz. Okay, so I'll, those three should get, those three could get you a head coaching job. Absolutely. So if Jimmy Garoppolo wins this game on Sunday and he's say Super Bowl MVP and you're one of these two and John Lynch says we're going to elevate you both to call you both co-offensive coordinators is there really a big difference here we're going to elevate you and of course we're going to pay you more money because we all just won the Super Bowl so everyone's getting a raise anyway here here's why it's a great question here's why there's a difference so you know we talked about what my responsibility was what we didn't tell you is something I'm going to add here Mike also should have done. I, I, you know, I just know the way these things work with these guys who don't call plays. He's the one who's got to put in the concepts. He should be putting in. Okay, hey, 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 uh, Doug, we need to, we need to start doing pre some pre like their last four games were the best games that 
Grohl and Peterson did together. And I know that the, I'm talking about the regular season. I know they were bad against bad competition. They did some things they were not doing before with, with, with motion. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of stuff he needs to start. That's like, that's the stuff they, these guys would come up with. Uh, whoever's the OC, that's the stuff that Jeffrey Lurie wants. He wants them to be imaginative, according to my sources. Right. He, he wants that kind of stuff out there. And that's why I'd be shocked if they don't interview at least one of these guys from the Niners. Um, yeah. I, again, I just go back to I'm one of these two guys. Why am I leaving my situation if I'm going to get promoted with San Francisco? What is enticing to go across the country to do somewhat the same job if I'm going to get the same title here in San Francisco and I'm going to get a pay bump? I feel like right, but, have but, to do but more. Jeff, again, you're not okay. Here's the difference between they're only doing one part of the game. They're not doing pass and run together. They're only doing one. In mm-hmm. Philly, you're doing both. Plus, are you? Because isn't Jeff Stoutland the offensive, uh, the run game coordinator? He, he, okay, he does a lot with it. You're gonna, you're gonna have, a, you're gonna. By the way, Stoutland's gonna turn in his ideas to that to whoever the OC is, and that OC is gonna make a decision. Mm-hmm. Whether he agrees with it, and so will Doug. By the way, if it's the if it's McDaniel, who's, he he does the run game, right, for the Niners. He does, I think yeah. he's going to have his own idea. He doesn't if he doesn't agree with Stout, they're doing what he wants. But I, it's a fair point you make, but it's not the same as what they're doing in forty nine with the Forty Nineers. He would have more this whoever the person is, whoever they mm-hmm. hire, as long as they don't pr- promote the the quarterback coach, Press Taylor. These guys are going to have a lot more responsibility than they would in with the Niners. They just would. I'm going to meet you halfway. I can see Mike McDaniel taking the job if it's offered because he's now known as a run game coordinator, but he has that passing background. And we all know you want to be a head coach in this league. You got to be considered a passing genius or a passing game genius. So I can see Mike McDaniel maybe taking that bait, especially if the Niners want to promote, but can't afford to pay both of their co-coordinators. So I can see McDaniel. If I'm the floor, I'm not leaving San Francisco, especially. Well, they can afford it. Yeah. There's, there's no salary cap on coaches. They could afford it. I think Jed York could afford it. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I I think, no, but I think they'd put the money out. I know what you're getting at. I I think put the money out. It is a little bit unique. I can't, could you any teams where they have co-coordinators? I I don't know. Not in pro football. I can't think No, of but we've talked about this. It's starting to sound like it's becoming the trend a little bit to do that. I mean, the Eagles are essentially doing that. They've got Jeff Stoutland as the run game coordinator. Right. And they had, you know, Mike Rowe, who is the offensive coordinator, but we know he was really involved in passing concepts. Sean McVay went without or red zone. Yeah, coordinator he last year. Right. Yeah. So he had a uh, a coordinator in charge of running, I believe, and one in charge of passing. I, I actually think that, well, we saw it with the Cowboys where Chris Richard was in charge of the back end of the defense and Marin. I think this is actually the way the NFL is going and is going. But they don't, but okay. Right. But the thing is with this stuff, they've never, they've never done titles like that. They just run game and pass game coordinator, but they've never said co co offensive call co offensive coordinators. That, that that's unique. I don't know if there are any teams are doing it, It, but honestly, you're right. The title doesn't mean anything. All all the title does is give you money. Right. You would do it to get more money. If you could, if you could, Triple your pay. You got to take it. You just have to. Yeah. Would. No, I, I get that. And I do think <laughs> titles are, are strange because everybody who loves to Staley would like to see him get a shot to be offensive coordinator, but he is actually ranked higher by title right now as assistant head coach. So I'm not saying it would be a demotion, but it, he's literally, if you were to go by letter of the law, he is the assistant head coach, so he's the second highest person on the coaching staff. But as you and I know, that means nothing. 
It's really, but he's really not. Exactly. He's it's just, irrelevant. He's just a running. <laughs> what they did is. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They, they rewarded Deuce for doing a great job. And, you know, they love Deuce and they gave him more money. So that's mm-hmm. why he – and plus, because of some of the promotions over the years, they, they want to make sure they treat him with as much respect as they can. But mm-hmm. they're not going to hand him the OC job. I, I, I think it's an extreme long shot about Press Taylor. Uh, it would shock me. Not surprised. It would shock me if he went on being their OC. Mm-hmm. That would be fascinating. We'll, we'll we'll deal with it when it comes. If it happens again, I don't see that happening mm-hmm. at all. But I've learned this business. Just when you think nothing will happen, it happens. So we'll, well see. Along those lines, and real quick before we move on to analyzing the game, Press Taylor's brother Zach is the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, they just lost Alex Van Pelt, who I think was their quarterbacks coach or offensive coordinator well, he's, he's the quarterback coach now the the Bengals right but he just left if am I not mistaken he just left Alex Van Pelt leaving the Bengals I just saw him wearing a Bengals jacket last week no uh, I'll look today as uh I will tell you right oh, now okay. he just yeah. left to take the Browns offensive coordinator job with Kevin Stefanski oh yeah, yeah, yeah. oh did he okay he did so now that the Bengals need an assistant coach on the offensive side yeah, yeah. Yeah, Would the yeah. Eagles maybe try to move on from press? We know we've talked about how much Carson loves press, but would press now be maybe in line to become what Alex Van Pelt was in Cincinnati, which was the, um, what was he? He was, uh, was he quarterbacks coach or offensive coordinator there? Uh, Zach Taylor? No, Alex Van Pelt. Oh, oh Van Van Pelt with the Bengals or the yeah he was the, the quarterbacks coach for Cincinnati so I'm just wondering if Press Taylor oh, yes. if if there's some reshuffling there in Cincinnati and Press Taylor goes to join his brother it's basically you know it's I'm funny wondering. I remember when um, Zach got the job I checked they knew it and he was he never even thought about bringing him in I actually checked with someone who was who worked for Zach yeah so it was never even discussed hmm. yeah so now now he left uh, Van Pelt left to the Browns they never say never. Yeah, but I'm just wondering. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's um, it wouldn't be good for the Eagles. Well, of course they could block them. By the way, they could, but it right. it, it wouldn't be good because it's this is really late to do this. Right. You know, it's, it's kind of late. So the anyway. Eagles are interviewing all these coaches. I mean, I guess they they could potentially be prepared for it. All right, we'll just we'll just have to monitor that situation yeah. uh, as the yeah. next few days go on, and maybe when you're down in Miami, you'll hear something on that for our next ITB. Uh, it's amazing, well, by the way. Nothing. You, there's been no reporting for over a week on any of the Eagles' assistant. Nothing. It's I know. pretty interesting. They've done a nice job keeping it Fort Knox. Uh, this Super Bowl is interesting, Adam. There are, I guess, what I'm wondering, what we should talk about is, you know, the Chiefs were built from the ground up. Andy Reid got there. He traded for Alex Smith. He kept a couple of guys like Dwayne Bow only for a year to be competitive. But then he really rebuilt that team on young, dynamic weapons, the Tyree Kills, the Marcus Robinsons, uh, McCole Hardman, uh, the offensive line he rebuilt. He, you know, he drafted Eric Fisher, one of his first major moves when he was there. Um, 
on defense. You know, really the only guy on defense, Chris Jones was a great draft pick for them. The only guy on defense that, that really stands out as a free agent signing was Teron Matthew, who's had a great year. Uh, and then you look at the 49ers and their front line are all a bunch of first round picks from when they were bad. Um, they did sign Richard Sherman. So that's kind of their free agent addition and Quan Alexander. Uh, but, you know, some of their running backs, whether it's Mostert, was a guy that they finally gave a shot to. It's unbelievable. You know, By not the way, a lot of free agents. You no. know, Col- Tevin Coleman's a free agent. I get it. Richard Sherman was a free agent. But mostly homegrown talent for them. So Yeah, from a different personnel. Some are from a different personnel staff. Right. Um, is, is that the message here as we look at the Eagles now who have to reshape the roster, how important it is that they do this through good drafting, maybe some shrewd trades, but mostly that and not free agency? Here's the thing, and I think you had mentioned it, and it was a really good point. If if you look at when Roseman came back in 16, very few big free agents splashes. Like Roddy McLeod at the time for $7 million a year was a strong deal, it wasn't, but it wasn't like top of the market. He doesn't really do those deals now for with free agency. Right. Him and like Brandon when he made the, Right, but right, but that was at the time – yeah, it wasn't like a, a smash was, mouth deal. No, yeah. it wasn't because you know, quite frankly, the Texans didn't. The crazy thing is, the Texans didn't try hard to bring him back. I know. Um, I remember reporting that story for ESPN, and I didn't know much about Brooks. And you know, they they kept his, his the um, anxiety issue quiet. We never we never knew it why he missed games until he came here and he was willing to you know tell the stories. Amazing, but how he's not he's been a little bit more conservative. Uh, he's still going to sign for agents. He never stays out of it. Mm-hmm. But the, the Asamoah days are over. He just doesn't – he because he understands the failures of free agents. He's been through this when, when they made a lot of mistakes um, in, in, in 11 and in 12. And, um, you know, the Asamoah one was horrendous. Mm-hmm. But when you push forward here, he's done a good mixture. He He's done – there are a lot of players. If you look at the Eagles roster now, there are plenty of players that were drafted. But here's the fact that most people don't know. Of the 22 starters, I think it was either 11, 11 free agents or, or, or 11 drafted guys. It was very tight. It was almost 11. It was almost 50-50. It's amazing, right. which you clearly don't see much uh, these days. But, um, you know, I, I think now, if they, as we said before, if they keep the 10 picks, that, that's great. Now, the Niners, mm-hmm. yeah, when you look at the roster, um, their offensive line is a mixture of draft picks. Trade for Lincoln Tomlinson. Joe Staley's a holdover, of course. Right. Mike Person was a journeyman. I never thought this guy would work the right guard. He was just like he was a backup. He was a versatile backup, play center and guard. Yeah, he's been a really good story. Uh, you know, Kittle was a, a trade. Coleman was a signing. Uzcheck was a signing. Well, yeah, you're right. When you really look at the roster, it's a mixture. Kittle was a trade. I thought they drafted Kittle. No, 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 no. Uh, no, I said Lakin Tomlinson was a trade. Oh, Jimmy I'm Garoppolo sorry. was a trade. Kittle. Yeah. Uh-uh, uh-uh. No, no. Kittle is a draftee from this this group. Right. Juszczyk was a signee. Tevin Coleman was a signee. Mm-hmm. Garoppolo trade. Um, Sheldon Day was claimed off waivers. Who's starting now because they have a couple injuries. Right. Buckner, first rounder from previous you know, from the previous regime. Armstead, previous regime. Fred Warner, who was a stud, their middle linebacker. I talked to Fred this this training camp. He never played middle linebacker in his life until the Niners drafted him. Dre Greenlaw, John John Lynch pointed this out to me. I forgot about this. Mm-hmm. He was a senior guy last year when they were coaching the other team. Um, Tart, Ward, 
draftees. Yeah. Witherspoon draftees. Drafty, right. Uh, Quan Williams came in uh, free agency. Uh, he, the Browns didn't bring him back. And, you, and Richard Sherman, of course. So, yeah, you're right. This is a great mixture of your own people mm-hmm. and, other, and other teams' talent. Yeah, you got good good value trades, right? Like um, Emmanuel Sanders was a good value trade. They didn't give up a whole lot to get him. He's made a good impact on the team. Obviously, they give up a second-round pick for Garoppolo. That now looks like a steal oh, because a second-round pick for a franchise quarterback is just beautiful. Uh, Kyle Yusick was a free agent signing, but it's not like you have to break the bank to bring in a fullback, but he has been well, well, very good. Well, hang on. You, Yusick, I reported that story. Yusick. Is the highest paid fullback in NFL history. They, yeah, I know that. Why I'm gotta... saying it's not like they gave him, th- you know, thirty million dollars. No, it? no, yeah, but they yeah. paid him. They paid him. But but here's the thing about Uzcheck, mm-hmm. and he's a pretty. This kid played tight end in college. He's a pretty athletic fullback. Kyle told me I asked him two summers ago. He thought he'd get forty or fifty catches. They just don't use him in the pass game at all. I well, don't they got too many other weapons, <laughs> and they're running the ball um, so well. I mean, really, they're they're not super deep at pass targets. It's Debo. That's true. It's Emmanuel Sanders. And Kittle is, Kittle. you know, they use him in every way. Some, game, some games he doesn't catch the football. Right. Um, I'm surprised Juszczyk doesn't get dump-offs. But let's get back quickly to Rio Mostert. Mm-hmm. I vaguely remember him in Philly. He was in their off-season program. And they cut him. They signed him as an undrafted free agent 15. Uh, they brought him back. They put him on the practice squad. And then Miami brought him off their, the Philly's practice squad. Then you fast-forward and brings him in. Um, and it's funny, two months before Chip got fired, he brought him in from mm-hmm. um, the, the Bears practice squad. That was Chip's best gift. I know. <laughs> Quite frankly. And it's funny, this guy was such a good athlete, Raheem Mostert. Um, he went to, I want to say, what is it? Purdue? Purdue? Yeah. Purdue, yeah. So, yeah. And why that, that resonates with me is I remember the year he was with the Eagles in training camp, the Eagles played the Colts in a preseason game. I was on the field and I was talking with Ryan Grigson, who was there. I think he was still with the Colts at the time. And Grigson went to Purdue. I believe. I'm right. positive Grigson went to Purdue. Yeah, he right? did. He yeah. told me, we were talking about Raheem Mostert, and he told me that the Colts had almost signed him after the draft as a corner back. They thought he was just as good of a really? defensive back or I've never heard that before. There. Can I, can I, I'm going to use that. I'm going to, uh, when I do radio this week, it's mm-hmm. a great story. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. It's, and the best part about it is I just made all of that up. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't. No, I didn't. you better be telling the truth. <laughs> no, I'm definitely telling the truth. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. Gregson was there. We were talking about him and Gregson told me he thought he could be a cornerback and they almost signed him as a cornerback. So imagine wow. if he had signed that kind of a deal and tried to make that transition um, he might not have, well, maybe he would have been very good at that or just never gotten the opportunity he's getting right now. Well, he would have been the fastest Eagles corner, that's for sure. Um, his, <laughs> his, his speed is unbelievable. Their last game, uh-huh. he looked like a track star. His ability to get around end, unbelievable. How, now, they told me, the Niners told me, I asked him about him. They said that he just had a lot of minor injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, he, was a, he was an elite special teams player, like really, really good. Right. He is a home guy. Mm-hmm. The greatest guy in the world. You, you know his agent. Um, really good dude. He's from Miami. Uh, Brett, I can't think of the guy's last name right now. Um, uh, it's pissing me off. I'll, I'll figure it out. Really okay. good dude. But it, this, this story is unbelievable. They're not. They're, by the way, they're not making the Super Bowl without this guy. Think about. Think about that, mm-hmm. Jeff. I know. I mean, he what had two hundred and eighty something yards in the uh, in the AFC and the NFC Championship game, and you wonder why Usyk's yeah, not catching any passes. There you go. <laughs> 
He, this kid, and I'll be so, so as we talk about the Super Bowl here. Uh-huh. I'll be very interested to see what happens if if the Niners have to throw the ball at all because they they're not going to be throwing just eight passes here. Right. Like at some point, the not the and as good as the Niners front is, they have the best front four. Chris Kucerek is their D line coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's a Jim Schwartz protege? Like, here's a great story, Jeff. I'm I know some of his friends around the National Football League. They thought he was going to Philly when Chris Wilson got fired. Right. Um, it was either going to be Philly or the Niners, and I don't know. I I don't think anything ever transpired. I don't think the Eagles are really in the ball game. I think that the Niners came in, and um, Robert Sala, their their D coordinator, somehow knew about this guy. Mm-hmm. Sarek is the best C line coach in the National Football League. It, 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 see what I've learned about this business is if you have great coaching, it takes you up another level. They have great coaching. Right, and you said the Eagles you had him on the radar. They they tried to bring him in when well, they, after they fired Rick Wilson. I, right, I I thought he was going to go to Philly because of sports. Right, I heard it never really got developed. No, um, okay, yeah, it's interesting. I, I Brett Tesler's his name. I'm, I'm sorry, oh, Brett, Brett Tesler. Yes, of course, great guy. Yeah, really good dude, and he's had Raheem from the start. Right, and two good people working together. That's good. Good to know. But with Kucerek, yeah, he worked for Schwartz in Detroit. And I, I was the one to put the story out that he was going to be the Niners D-line coach. I thought for sure the Eagles would make him an offer. They never did. Huh, so interesting. They never, could have been? And by the way, within 48 hours after Chris Wilson got fired, Kucerich got hired by the Niners. That's why I thought he was going to go to Philly, but they didn't. I was told they never made him an offer. Wow, that's that's really interesting. Well, um, they wound up promoting Philip Daniel, who then they fired after a year. So go figure. Um, let's flip it to Kansas City and talk about another what could have been for the Eagles. Uh, the Chiefs this year had a breakout year from wide receiver Demarcus Robinson. And why that should kind of resonate with Eagles fans a little bit is because in the 2016 draft, the Eagles put a lot of attention into Demarcus Robinson. They really liked him. Um, his uncle is Marcus Robinson, who played in the NFL. Uh, and Greg Lewis was the Eagles wide receiver coach at the time. And he has a relationship uh, from some sort with Demarcus Robinson. So everything was kind of in a good spot. The Eagles had liked him. They had worked him out, checked him out. The Chiefs drafted him, I believe, in the fourth round, just a few spots ahead of the Eagles. Clearly, the Chiefs do their homework well, and you know they know a lot about the Eagles. And so it's very interesting that Demarcus Robinson went there. Now, Robinson did not have – you know, he had, he had a little trouble at Florida. He probably would have been drafted higher Correct. if not for a little bit of problems there. What's really interesting is he didn't do much his first – few years in the league and as I once reported on this podcast I think around the trade deadline in 2018 is that there have been a couple of times where they've the Eagles have called Kansas City about Demarcus Robinson to gauge his availability Mm. he will be an unrestricted free agent after this year he's only 25 years old he averaged let's see he broke out for 450 yards and he averaged 14 yards per reception uh, for the Chiefs this year you kind of wonder if, uh, you know, the Chiefs are paying a lot of money to Sammy Watkins or you paid a lot of money to Tyreek Hill, paying a lot of money to Kelsey, I don't know if they're going to be able to keep this guy. All right, so, so my chief source told me, I actually asked about this at the Senior Bowl last week. Smart man. Uh, he's really grown up. Here, here are the four things I know about Demarcus Robinson. Mm-hmm. He's grown up. You're right. He was very mature when they drafted him, okay? He's a really good special teams player. He's no better than a third receiver. He's not a starting NFL receiver. And th- th- this guy is telling me the truth. Mm-hmm. Likes the kid. He's been a great story of development as a backup receiver. Right. He had a career-high 32 catches, 14 yards per catch. He'll go get it. Good kid. Hands are very inconsistent. 
Um, not a starting NFL receiver. So now, do the Eagles need depth? Absolutely. He'd be no worse than a third receiver yeah. right now. Um, if you th- if you consider the Eagles are going to bring back Deshaun, probably draft a wide receiver high, have Greg Ward, and then have some money to maybe bring in a guy like him who can compete for that third receiver slash special team job, it would make some sense. He can fill yeah, in but- clearly. Yeah, and they have a very good relationship with his agent, who's also Lane Johnson's agent. So Correct. this would line up, right? I brought him up. Um, you'll see him on Sunday. He's really right now their fourth receiver. Mikko Hardman, it's kind yeah. of both. They're kind of co-threes, mm-hmm. but they're used differently. Obviously, Hardman's a speed guy. Robinson's – he's more of what we call a one-plus. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a term that Scouts uses, that he's really a possession receiver who could run after the catch. Mm-hmm. He's not a number one – we're not talking about number one receiver, but his role – he's a little bit better than people give him credit for, but he's really a run after the catch possession receiver. Right. He is. Well, I mean, I think that fits well with Doug's offense. If you can get him in space, whether it's either the slot or as the X in a West Coast where you're running the slants or the, or the shallow crosses and digs like Alshon, you can get him in space and maybe get something out of him. So just a name to keep our eyes on in, in free agency if he winds Good up winning the market. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's, before we move on, we're going to get to Ask ITB. We should give our predictions for the game. So I've thought about it a lot. I have my score. I, have, I It's it's stone cold lock for me, but I want to hear from you first. Whoa. Okay. I, I, why do I have a feeling we're going to be on the opposite side here? So I have not – I've thought about this. I've gotten a lot of predictions from coaches. I've talked to a lot of coaches at Senior Bowl and more this mm-hmm. week. It's very small lane to the Chiefs. Very small. Mm-hmm. Uh, my score is going to be 28-24. Uh, my prediction, I don't know what the overrunner and pass attempts for Grappolo are, are going to be, but it's mm-hmm. going to be over 20, I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. There, this is going to be an ebb and flow game. There's probably going to be a part where you go, man, the Chiefs are not they're not moving the ball well. That One thing that no one's talked about in all the analysis this week, people need to start talking about the Niners front four versus the Chiefs offensive line. Because mm-hmm. that, to me, is where this game is going to be won. Uh, I agree with you. If the Chiefs can't block this this front four – they don't blitz. They don't blitz a lot. Um, they're yeah, wide nine to. front. Yeah, they're wide nine front. No one has better length. They've got two guys over six foot six foot six. Mm-hmm. Great athletes. D Ford. D Ford facing soul team. It's it's going to be an all night affair. I, I I'd be shocked if this is not a great game. I really would be shocked. All right. So you're picking the Chiefs to win twenty eight twenty four. Yep. I'm not. I don't know why you thought we would be in disagreement. In fact, we're we're closer than even you might have thought. Um, my, my homework is this: the Niners play predominantly zone defense. It's their their bread and butter coverage, and that when they face teams this year that run a lot of RPOs, which is always good to to run against zone. Um, they have not performed as well defensively. I'm talking about Seattle. I'm talking about Arizona, which runs a truckload of RPOs. And uh, I don't know how many RPOs that New Orleans runs, but I know that they have an innovative offense. So they have really struggled uh, against those teams on defense. And so you know how much RPO that Andy Reid loves to run. He's going to have zone busters all over the place. So I think the Chiefs are going to be able to score. I think Tyreek Hill is a bad matchup for Richard Sherman because Richard Sherman struggles against speed receivers. He used to struggle against Deshaun. So I think the Chiefs are going to score. And you talk about the offensive line. I think Mm -hmm. Mahomes' ability to get in and out of the pocket and escape that pass rush will be the X factor, and that's why the Chiefs will win 31 to 26. 31 to 26. Uh, He's going and Mahomes is going to have to because he's they're going to get him. They're going to go after him. They're going to get. They're going to get. Uh, Here's the thing: Sherman is not a hip turner. Correct. He's not. 
Doesn't he's, flip him. He's, no, I remember Bill Polian telling me that when we worked at ESPN. I asked him about the Seattle secondary. He goes, they play a great cover three. They're a handoff defense. They don't ask them to cover a lot of area. The only time they have to do it is on third down. That's when they play man. They play man sides. They don't flip. Mm-hmm. That's what. That's what. By the way, that's what Darrell Rivas gets on him for. It's like you know, it's not Sherman's fault. And what they ask him to do, he's great at it. He's yeah. He had it in a remarkable year. Uh, let me tell you how far back I go with Richard Sherman. I was at the Senior Bowl back in 2011. He he was he was an injury replacement. He, he flew in overnight. I never heard of him then. He was a replacement. He came in on Wednesday. You know, as you know, practices are on Tuesday. Right. This him. This helped him. But he was only a fifth round pick. But his his intelligence, his toughness, his length at six two and a half. Uh, the only the, but the area they're going to struggle, I think, is the Chiefs' speed. They are not. The, the Niners are not fast at corner. They're not. They're not. You're going to see Emmanuel Mosley in there, uh, who's a former undrafted free agent. Uh, he starts now. Mm-hmm. Um, because Witherspoon got benched, Kella Witherspoon is a third rounder from 17. K1 Williams is a good slot, not the fastest guy in the world, but they're going to, they went to the, the, the Chiefs have Hardman, Hill, Watkins is not a speed guy, but he runs fine, and so does Robinson. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget about Kelsey. Well, how do you beat cover three zone beaters in the middle of the field? Right. I had, an, I had a stat a coach gave me. It is remarkable how well tight ends do against cover three. So I think Kelsey, if you're if for folks for fantasy, mm-hmm. I'm in a, I'm in two two contests for fantasy. But I already I'm in one of those all, all you 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 start that what you do is you pick nine guys and they start you through the whole playoffs. Uh huh. So I already used Kelsey, so he I can't like if you know what you do is if you've used a guy before you can't use him again. So I already used Kelsey. All so right. I'm gonna have to use like. Um, Ross Ross Dwelly. I don't know. I gotta find somebody. He's a backup. T- He's a dude who scored like four touchdowns over two games for the Niners when um, Kittle was out. Right. But I, no, I'll, I Dion Yelder. I never heard Blake of him Bell. about a month ago. <laughs> Blake Bell. Go yeah, Blake Bell. Right. Right. The go former Jags. Make a Blake Bell play. All right. Right. Um, good stuff. All right. So you and I are both picking the Chiefs to win high scoring games, uh, but shall, a slim margin. So we're on the same page with that. Uh, we're going to finish this off with some Ask ITB. But before we do that, we're going to pause for a word from our sponsors. Hey, it's Jeff Mosher. Adam Kaplan and I love using Anchor for our Inside the Birds podcast every week. It's so user-friendly. Anyone can create their own podcast, and you should too. Just download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor gives you everything you need to start your own podcast from your phone or computer. Its creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast for a professional sound, and Anchor will distribute your podcast for you to Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and so many other platforms. It can be heard by everyone, just like Inside the Birds. You can also make money from your pod with no minimum listenership. What are you waiting for? Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to create your podcast today. All right, Adam, just a few, uh, a few questions for this Ask ITB. First one, and these are good ones, I think. First one comes from J.R. Willis on Twitter, at The Willis Factor. And he asks, do you think that Howie Roseman will bring in Elliot Wolf to the front office? Uh, two interesting things about that. First of all, Elliot Wolf was a... A high-ranking executive with the Cleveland Browns, and they agreed to mutually part ways when the Browns hired Andrew Barry away from the Eagles to be their GM. Uh, he's also the son, Elliot Wolf is, of Ron Wolf, the Hall of Fame general manager, former general manager of the Green Bay Packers. And Adam, I know you've heard this before, probably. I know, I know how Howie Roseman 
is a big fan of Ron Wolf. As most people know, Ron Wolf won a Super Bowl uh, as a GM, and he never played the game. And I've been told by a few people close to Howie that Howie always had an affinity for Ron Wolf. Always felt like that was the kind of guy he wanted to be like. Didn't play the game, but could be a Hall of Fame general manager. So would it make sense to bring in Elliot now to and add him to this front office? No, because he's not. His background is not in analytics. Yes, Correct. I know that the Browns lately have been. Um, I'd be very surprised if that happened. Um, it just doesn't. They're good. The Eagles are really good with personnel people. Yes. What what Andrew Barry did was five different things for Howie. Whatever, five or six. Mm-hmm. He they the position was created uh, by Howie. Um, that would surprise me. Uh, Ellie, I, I know Ellie a little bit. That that um, the guy needs a job. Mm-hmm. But that one would surprise me a little. But what, again, wouldn't rule anything out. But that that it doesn't sort of counterintuitive to what Howie would be looking for more than. It, more than ever now right. how we by the way so one thing i do want to touch on because it's going to come up um, i i fully expect no one to go with andrew berry i i don't think Howie will let anyone out that's that's my understanding he did the same thing with joe douglas the only guy he let out was mike nolan's son who's a very low level scout i don't see anyone going with andrew berry after the draft i just don't okay. i'd be it would shock me if how Howie is take a lot of teams do this when they have an understanding. You're not taking our best people and there's nothing wrong with it. But the only thing I'd say about that is if Howie does that, as I expect, if, if Andrew wants to take some people out, he needs to promote people over time because they do the, the kind of guys that these guys would want when they become GMs, they're guys that are very talented. And if you're going to block them, then you need to take care of them at some point. Yeah. No doubt about it. Uh, I think you hit it on the head though. I think people need to remember that at this time last year, when they brought Andrew Barry in, they created a position for him. He was not filling the role of somebody they had lost. So therefore losing him does not necessarily create a void. You hit it on the head. He was mainly presiding over the analytics staff in Philadelphia and Elliot Wolf is not um, an analytics guy. So I don't see Elliot Wolf being brought in unless he just doesn't have any offers and how he just wants to bring in another smart mind. I mean, we rule nothing out as a never uh, say never, but I don't see the fit in that regard. Uh, next question comes from Carl Stevenson at idle prof on Twitter. And he's always asked why has Zach Ertz never been selected to the associated press all pro team? Pretty good question. Yeah. Um, I think I there's an guess- obvious answer, but yeah. Well, well, let me let's look at it. Kel, over the years, Gronk before he had all the spate of injuries, Kelsey, right? Okay. Um, who else comes to mind? Kittle. Kittle. Last Kittle. year it was, I believe, Kittle. Kittle is the best tight end in football. Yeah. Why? Because he does everything. Right. Uh, now this is only his third year. Um, he's drafting seventeen. Uh, yeah, they but, only but take Zach- one tight end for the All Pro team. Oh, is that, I didn't know that. Is that yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, because they they make it look like a real team. Although they did add that flex position on side of running back, but it's not like the Pro Bowl where they select four or five at every position. And the best opportunity Zach would have had would have been after last season, the 2018 season, because he set a record for receptions for tight ends. Unfortunately. Exactly. George Kittle set a record for yards for tight ends, and I think Kelsey set a record for touchdowns for tight ends. So those I would have taken. I know I'm a little higher. biased, and I, I have a ton of appreciation for for uh, George Kittle. I think he's great. Mm-hmm. But if someone sets a record, how the hell does he not be the the the, the, the all pro guy? I don't get it. 
Well, they both set records. That's my point. Kittle was the record for yards by a tight end. But and catches in a catching. season. Well, don't, yeah, you think ca- a don't you think yards is more important? But Overall? you know what it is? It, it, it's great, but it'll never be duplicated. Mm-hmm. Like someone – you could catch – like the, Zach's consistency, mm-hmm. it's incredible. Like it, Kittle, Kittle had a – it's funny because if you remember, remember Vance McDonald? Yeah, yeah. Vance McDonald, all he would – Every catch was like 18 to 20 yards. Mm-hmm. He's built like Jason Witten. But he, a lot of his stuff was long. But right. to, to get 100, whatever he would ever, how many catches Zach had is pretty good. It, I get it. But Zach, uh, mm-hmm. I didn't know that they only take one player. So that, that my answer would be, and um, Jeff just talked about, they only get one guy. Right. If they took two guys, Ertz has got to get in. Yeah. And by the way, I think last year he, he destroyed the record. I mean, he finished with um, – what was it, 1,377 yards, I believe, and the previous one was 1,336 by Travis Kelsey. So, I mean, he beat it by a good 30 or 40 yards. Uh, for a tight end to have 1,377 yards last year was pretty amazing. So I know Zach had a bunch of catches, and I thought that that was fantastic as well. 116, I, right. I had a hard time. 116. Yeah, yeah, I had a hard time knocking you know, them go- with going for Kittle when Kittle broke the record for receiving yards by a tight end. You know, tomato, tomato. Plus, he's a great block. Oh, God, he can block, too, which is amazing. Uh, well, hey, look, he was PFF's number one rated overall player in the NFL this year, Greg Kittle. Number one rated at any position overall of every single wow. player. So Poor Gay Kittle. A lot. That's yeah. amazing, man. Fifth round pick, for goodness sake. Fifth hey, round pick. I always say, if you want a tight end, get him from Iowa, right? They're Dallas all, Clark. They're good. Yeah. Dallas Clark. Yeah. I mean, you got Ryan Hawkinson, Noah Fant. I mean, Iowa knows how to make tight ends. All right, and we know how to make podcasts. That's going to end it for this one. We'll see uh, if our Super Bowl predictions ring true. And then by the time we do another podcast, we'll wrap up the Super Bowl and maybe update anybody on any news that happens between now uh, and the start of next week. So we want to thank everybody that we normally thank. uh, 97.3 ESPN, you got to download their free mobile app and listen to me, Mike Gill, Ryan Rothstein every day from 2 to 6 p.m., uh, on the Sports Bash at 97.3 ESPN. Of course, Harry Mays and Aton Shander from noon to 2 every way, day, Monday through Friday. Yes, I will sir. be on Thursday with them at uh, 5 p.m. All right, so this podcast drops Thursday morning before the Super Bowl. So if you have a chance to hear it before 5 p.m., make sure you're listening at 5 to catch Adam Kaplan's segment on 97.3 ESPN. Also, we thank phlsportsnation.com enhancing the reader experience with their coverage of all of the Philadelphia sports teams, the Eagles, the Sixers, the Flyers, the Phillies. I'll be excited for pitchers and catchers to report just a few days after the end of the Super Bowl. And you know, PHL Sports Nation will have you covered with all of it. Uh, We thank our producer, Hunter Brody. Check out his YouTube page, Sports Talk with Broads, for not only the most passionate fan takes in Philadelphia, but uh, a little word on the street is, Adam, that Hunter did a little Phillies podcast on his YouTube page, too, and did nice. a little Phillies preview. So everybody's got to yeah. check that one out. And, uh, of course, please go to our YouTube page and become a subscriber. It is growing. We are putting more videos on, trying to get one a day. Adam is down in Miami. He's been putting up a couple of videos of interviews that he's been doing. So we finally got Adam into the technology era and he's figured out how to put it, <laughs> put the stuff on YouTube. It's not That'll just me quiet. anymore. <laughs> and uh, make sure you're subscribed and make sure you're following us on Twitter at inside birds for all the latest news from the inside the birds podcast and any contests and giveaways that we'll have. All right. As always, we thank you 
for flying with us inside the bird.